Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second bonus episode of The Funny Thing About Yoga. We're here to answer your questions. I am Bradshaw, and I'm here with, of course, my lovely co-host, Gianna Douglas Gambino. We're going to have to retire Douglas. I'm getting sick of it. Like you don't even know. Gianna. Okay, it's we not can do my maybe. middle name. I know it's okay. It's okay. We don't need to talk about your middle name, but what we can talk about is the fact that I have gorgeous birds of paradise and one, I had a huge leaf that just bloomed last night. It looks so pretty. I'm looking at it right now. Do your plants, do those plants get flowers? Cause you know, some do. Some birds of paradises do. Yeah. Mine don't. I wish they did. But you've seen them. I, I got very, the, the, the fig that Gianna gave me a bunch of uh, plants. She gave me a beautiful monstera that has been growing like crazy. It and is she gave taking me a, over. And she gave me a fig tree, which is like huge now. A fiddle leaf fig. Fiddle I wanna, leaf fig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to get like any re- fruit off It's of like that. really. Fiddle leaves figs have fruit? <laughs> No, I said you're not going to get any oh. fruit off of that. It's not like a fig tree. like. Oh, yeah. What is it called? A fiddle leaf fig. Well, there should be figs if they're going to call it a fiddle leaf fig. That's stupid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, b- basically Bradshaw just lives in like a, like a, a green room or something. I kind of do. Well, I always think that my place is like a tree house. Yeah, it is. A solarium. It, a solarium? What's that? Isn't it like a room, a glass room that has like, it's good for growing plants? I would just call that a glass house. A glass house. <laughs> I don't know. Like there's, it's, it's like a sunroom. Like you have a lot of windows, yeah. a lot of white, white, light, white, light. <laughs> you guys, I can't talk. It's early. We're recording this really early, but, um, but we'll do anything for you guys anything we're committed for for everyone not guys oh god i hate saying guys okay moving yeah, on get with it it's just get, use the word get with folks oh i, like I hate word. the word folks i'm not really that. i no, like folks. that's very very ignorant to say that it's very southern it's very ignorant um okay so <laughs> i feel i feel like that's bias in... I think it absolutely is well like i'm from new england so like my when my when someone said say florida my parents would be like ugh. Okay, rude, even though Florida should <laughs> invoke that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. what is what's our first so, question? So really, before we get into questions, uh, this episode once a month, we're releasing them on Thursdays, and we want more questions. So if you enjoy hearing us interact with you, please submit. Go to kayayogaschool.com slash podcast, and you can submit your own. Okay, totally. so I actually downloaded all of these recordings to my computer and I don't know they're not labeled. I'm like, this is gonna be a surprise, whichever okay. <laughs> whichever one I play. I like first. a surprise. I like a surprise. Yeah, so we're just gonna have to be ready with our answer. Okay, let's hear it. Hey Gianna and Bradshaw. This is Melissa from Chicago, one of them. 
<laughs> and I just have a quick scenario and question for you. A few weeks ago, I was getting ready to lead a vinyasa class. And about 15 minutes before the class, I found out that there was going to be this fitfluencer, influencer, celebrity teacher on Instagram with, let's say, 15,000 followers or so. And, you know, I got into my head a little bit before class. I overcame that. The class went fine and everything was great. Um, it was their second time in our studio. But of course, that was a in the back of my head a little bit. So I was just wondering for both of you um, how you've dealt with knowing that there's a celebrity in class, a, you know, another teacher in class, somebody who might have thousands upon thousands of followers on Instagram. And how do you get over that fear of intimidation? Mm. Thanks. I think that's a very valid question. Mm -hmm. um gee you go first because I have many thoughts on this okay well when I first started teaching I I don't think like Instagram was as popular so mm -hmm. I would relate to that in the very beginning because um well let me pause for a second we love Melissa we know Melissa she took our 200 hour training and she's now like really diving into teaching a lot. Mm -hmm. So, um, although she took our training a few years ago, she's still like newer to like settling into that role. And so if Instagram was around when I was a new teacher, I could imagine being super, super nervous by someone who is popular, but in my own way, I remember getting really nervous to teach to other yoga teachers. If I had a mm -hmm. yoga teacher who I knew from the studio or place I was working in, in my class, I used to get really in my head about it. And I used to think like, oh my God, what if I mess up this other teachers there? Or, you know, I just, because of perfectionism and just being in my own head, I would let that kind of give me anxiety. But I think the more that I taught, I just naturally became more comfortable and more confident with my teaching. And then I also realized like, it's okay to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. It's okay to like mess up your lefts, your rights, or forget something on one side. Like everyone has been there. And so if I was able to like tap into my own, like, you know, modesty or be humble about it or laugh it off or whatever, it just automatically relieved any of that pressure. So right now, if a yoga teacher takes my class, I'm like, I don't think twice about it, but I used to really get in my head in that. And then on a separate note with someone with a really big following that's been happening to me more as of lately, like I remember I found out that I teach prenatal and that I had no clue, but someone who used to take my prenatal classes had like a half a million followers and was like a food blogger. And I was like, oh, I don't know, but I don't really put emphasis on that, on that stuff. What about you, Bradshaw? Like, no, I, yeah, I don't put on an emphasis. I don't put any emphasis on it at all. Yeah. Because it means nothing. Mm -hmm. And I, um, think, if, I think if it was someone, there are yoga teachers that mm -hmm. I really respect, for example, that I follow on Instagram and I would be nervous if they took my class, but not because of their following, because but I respect because, them as a teacher. Yeah. Like if, I'd be nervous if Jason took our class. Yeah, totally. Or something like that, even though I know he would love it. Um, <laughs> but no, you know, like there are definitely people who I'd be nervous if they took my or you're not even nervous, but I'd be like, you know, I want to do well. Yeah. Um, and I want to, you know, show up and, and, and do my best work. But 
you got to remember, Melissa, like what an Instagram influencer and what followers actually are is very, very subjective. They could be buying mm-hmm. their followers. Also, someone can have a lot of followers and not know nothing about yoga. Totally. Or like, you know, like they can be a, a quote unquote fitness influencer, but how much do we actually know that they know just by what they portray mm-hmm. online? So remember yeah. that, like, just remember that they're normal people and really it doesn't matter. And it really doesn't matter at all. Yeah. That actually reminds me of something you just said. I was in LA, like this was years ago, like seven or eight years ago. And I went to one of these really big Instagram yogis, like classes. Mm -hmm. And just because they have a very advanced asana practice, I assumed that the class was going to be like amazing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, it was like a regular (laughs) yoga class. But aside from that side note, I got one of like the worst, like physical assists that I've ever gotten in that class. And I was just like, Oh, okay. So like we sometimes build things up in our head that are not the reality. And I think that's kind of what social media is. It's, it's, you know, it's it's a false reality. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, no, it really, it really is. And, and, um, we can portray ourselves one way online, but the reality of actually having someone there in real life is very different. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know if you ever met someone famous. I'm trying to think of like someone, Oh, I met Drew Barrymore, but like, I know you were just like, Oh, like they're, they're literally, they're just people too. They're literally just as corny as it sounds. It's like the, uh, like, like us weekly where it's like, you know, celebrities are just like us. Um, (laughs) But, but it's even, but it's in my opinion, it's even, it's even more of a D list of a scale when it comes to like influencers. Yeah. Um, Because honestly, I find it to be such a joke. Social media or influencing influencer influence social well social media in a lot of ways and influencers i think that this whole this whole idea of influencers is just it's so absurd to me Mm -hmm. um and honestly melissa like i'm speaking to you as someone because i know you really well you're a great teacher number one you know a lot of stuff and Mm -hmm. you are going to lead a solid class no matter who's in the room and story. yeah and i think remembering that that a lot of people have those same similar thoughts. Last example I'll give is because I went, I don't think she'd mind me sharing this. I took Margot's class, Margot, mm-hmm. who's on the podcast and Margot's been teaching for so much long. She's been teaching for years and years before me. And like, I look up to her, I respect her. I would never think she would get nervous with me being in the class. Cause I still consider myself like a new baby teacher in comparison. Mm-hmm. And she told me after she's like, I was nervous that you were there. And I was like, really? Why? Like, I totally like, don't care. Like it's, I'm not judging you. I'm just happy to be here. Like they're coming for those reasons. They're, they're coming from themselves. They want to be, you know, get into their body, get out of their mind for an hour. And if they're sitting there judging you, then that's well, that's the, the that's, that's the other thing though. <laughs> that's the other thing. So say at the worst case scenario, they come and they judge you. Who the fuck cares? You know and what I mean? Like then that, they're not doing their practice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I would never judge someone. I'm perfect. I I don't judge anyone. Yeah, it is hard to be out of the yoga teacher brain, but it's also, I do but also, sometimes. I know I'm ignoring you. Okay. It's hard to get out of your yoga teacher brain. Like when I go to classes now and we've talked about this, like, of course I'm like, oh, this is an interesting sequence or like, I don't know if I like this in my body or whatever it is. My Or my, like, I love this and I want to remember this. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Or like, I'm inspired. You're, you might always have that kind of playing in the background, but I'm also like, 
totally aware of like how hard it is to lead a room and teach the class and like be on and sharing your energy and all that. There's one more thought that I had, which is like, I mean, she, Melissa, we're talking to you. She, Melissa, uh, has taken our training. And like, I think that John and I have done a really good job of like, in terms of go to the class prepared and remember Mm -hmm. that like, if you start to get nervous, remember like you are prepared. Yeah. Something in your back pocket, you know what you're going to teach, you know how to teach it and just stick to that and just do that really well and just be yourself. Um, Yeah. You're killing it. She's getting so many yourself. Yeah. So many gigs. I know she's literally a star. So don't worry about it. Keep doing what you're doing. Remember, people are just people and you're doing a lovely job and we love you dearly, Melissa. We're happy. Yeah. And we hope this helps a lot of other people who feel similarly. Yes. I think we just really did a great job, Bradshaw. We answered that like, like pros. I think so too. (laughs) Are you proud? Well, I'm always proud of myself. What's the next question? (laughs) He's like, hurry up. I'm not trying to banter. (laughs) Sometimes he can be such a jerk. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So our next question is going to be, Another surprise, because I am great at not labeling these files. Are you ready? I'm more than ready. Let's hear it. Guys, I love your podcast, and um, I, I enjoyed it so much. I really miss yoga. Um, I had to stop because I gained some weight, and I find a lot of things like kind of hard to do. So my question to you would be like being, um, you know, overweight and having some asthma issues what what classes would you recommend that i start out with if i wanted to get back into yoga that's a really really great question and i feel that a lot of people feel this way if they feel maybe a little out of shape or they you know don't feel like they can get back into it they're just not feeling like they're in their body uh, you got to remember that there are so many different styles of yoga and there are styles of yoga that you can take to just slowly start to get yourself back into it. I think that chair yoga is a really, really great way to start getting back into yoga. Mm-hmm. I also think um, restorative. And I also think yin because yin really gives you that time to set up. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes if you're feeling a little out of your practice, um, that, that the vinyasa can feel rushed. And I totally get that. You're like, oh, my yeah. God, I just got into it. And now I'm coming out. What do you think, G? Yeah, I think chair is a great way to start. Um, What I like about chair yoga is, and I think it's something that people who are like super able-bodied might not not necessarily consider, but Mm -hmm. getting on the floor can be really challenging Mm -hmm. for people who are aging. Like Mm -hmm. I used to teach a, I mean, we're all aging, right? What I I mean to say Yeah, but people are in older Yeah, like- Yeah. When, as soon as you get to the point in life where it feels like, you know, just sitting down with ease Mm -hmm. is, is something again, is something like you can do within seconds. Cause I remember when I was teaching when I was a newer teacher in South Florida, and I talked about this, I used to teach to a bunch of seniors. I had this realization of like, of like, you know, I'd had 18 year olds in the class. I would have 80 year olds in the class and just seeing the amount of time that it took different people to get up and get down. So I think chair yoga for one is, 
is, is like a good middle ground. It's not as far away as for the floor. And for people who are carrying more mass in their bodies, getting up and down is something that's also challenging. So I think for, if your concern is weight gain and, and having certain positions be just like inaccessible for you right now, start where you can just like literally start where you are, try to find a teacher that'll work with you and kind of recognize your needs and meet you at that place. And then from there, it's just like you, you'll build up, you'll start to have a foundation that you can grow and expand upon. Yes. And I think that Bradshaw is exactly right. Like vinyasa is totally inaccessible to a lot of people. I think Mm -hmm. it's just a super popular style. So it gets all this like glorification, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't work for everybody. Like right now I'm dealing with a lot of injuries. It's not working for me. I'm feeling like I need to just do something totally different. So I agree. Chair yoga, restorative yoga, although a lot of that is based down on the floor, there are ways to kind of adapt. It's all about adapting and working privately or semi-privately until you feel comfortable getting into a group class. That's a really good point. It's like maybe, maybe like at like 10 private lessons, yeah. you know, and like learn how to modify or do different variations of the postures. Like you can say, Hey, I'm going to a vinyasa yoga class. The teacher kind of knows the structure of that class mm-hmm. and then how to modify for that class. So you can still go to that class, let's say at your gym or at a yoga studio, wherever it may be. Totally. And then the last thing I would suggest is, is more of a challenge because it's kind of like working with the mental component Mm -hmm. because I know sometimes we're used to doing certain things and it could be hard to have to take a step back and to see your practice in a different way. And sometimes that frustration could keep Mm -hmm. us like hindered. So like temporarily try to see this as something new and different, you know, Mm -hmm. like if if you're used to doing a certain style of yoga that now you're not doing, don't let that make you feel bad that you're not doing that style or that thing and discourage Mm -hmm. you just be like, this is different. I'm, I'm going to, you know, settle into it and just see it as something different. I'm going to work my way to whatever it is. I don't think you have to work your way to vinyasa ever, but maybe you want to take a Iyengar class or a, Mm. just a regular, like modern Hatha style. Sorry. I think this really harps back to when I think our first episode or a second episode, I can't remember the second episode about about styles of yoga. Yeah. And I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I really do think it's confusing for someone who starts practicing yoga. They think of yoga as like one thing, Mm -hmm. one type, like yoga is yoga. Yeah. And like, that's very confusing. Because mm-hmm. you're going to go to, even in vinyasa, you may go to someone's someone's vinyasa class. They're going to teach things differently than someone else's vinyasa class. So you go to a restorative class, which is different than a yin class, which is different than a, you know, I, it goes on and on and on. So you have to remember that maybe you go to a class where like, well, that was too fast for me or I feel overwhelmed, that there mm-hmm. is a class out there for you. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes you just have to search and sometimes asking the teacher being like, Hey, I think you were a great teacher, but I need something a little slower. Hopefully yeah. they, they know people within their community to point you in the right direction. Yeah. And, and then I think that all yoga teachers are willing to do that. 
or most. <laughs> totally. If someone came up to me after class and was like, I had a really hard time stepping my foot forward in mm -hmm. down dog. I'm, you know, one, I will always spend some time and give other options of like how to do that with a little more access or a little, or by using props or finding more space, there's different ways to do that. And I wish it's times like this where I wish I could like visually show something. Cause I think, mm -hmm. um, stepping a foot forward is something that I hear a lot from people again in aging bodies and in people who carry more mass in their midsection is really mm -hmm. hard for them to do. Mm -hmm. So I will spend the time after class and show them. And then I'll also recommend a teacher that teaches a different style that might be more compatible. And mm -hmm. I wish I taught more of this because I think that I think it's needed. I think schedules are like inundated with like the vinyasa or the power mm -hmm. or, you know, those formats. And I, I don't see enough chair yoga and I no. don't see it. I don't think people know that they can still get like, get the yoga experience in a chair yoga class. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you totally can. Yeah. Yeah, you can. So if you have specific questions, about uh, chair yoga. You know more about chair yoga. Maybe we can do a little episode or something on that at some point. Yeah, um, I used to teach it. I used to teach, well, I used to teach chair yoga to seniors and I used to teach chair yoga at a corporate place, which is two totally different styles of chair yoga. I'd love to do something on the podcast about chair yoga. Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to make you sit in a chair. Maybe we'll start someday we'll start putting our podcast on YouTube maybe. And we could, oh, yeah. we, we I could show saying, it. Well, we wanted to do it where you where The thing is those were usually naked. Gianna and I are sitting cross-legged right now across from each other, completely naked, um, staring into each other's eyes. That's also a lie. <laughs> also, I can't even sit cross-legged right now because of my hip injury. It's so sad. It hurts so bad. Okay. Someone listening, help me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Are you ready for our last question? I'm ready. It's so funny. I went through these and I listened to a bunch and I also forgot all of them. So they're still, they're still a surprise to me. Okay, let's hear it. Hi, Gianna and Bradshaw. First time caller, long time listener. <laughs> um, okay, so this is my question. Sometimes when I'm doing yoga, I'm very flexible. Um, and I will be doing a position and in the moment it feels fine. But then afterwards, I realize like I'm like injured almost like I feel really sore for an extended amount of time, like 10 days or something crazy in my hamstrings. How do you know when it's too much in the class when it feels good in the moment? So I think this is a really good question, but it's also a difficult one for Bradshaw and I to answer because we don't know you and your body. And also, even if we did, there could be something else going on that we don't know in our, it's out of our scope of practice. So I'm more inclined to say, if your muscles are not receiving feedback in the moment, I would ask a doctor or a professional about this, maybe even a PT, because I think, uh, they will know more than your GP, your general practitioner. But I think there was something in this question that can be really helpful for 
for other people who do receive feedback in their stretching. We often talk about finding your edge in yoga. And I've heard people ask like, well, how, like, what is my edge or how much is too much? Or how do I know if I go too far? And the way that I would describe that is you want to find a balance of something that feels like a helpful, productive stretch without going into, you know, pain or discomfort. And, you know, it's finding the edge. I, I talk about that as like, you're going up to the edge of a waterfall without spilling over. And so that's my little metaphor for that. And I think if you slowly and mindfully are pass are stretching, especially like in a passive style stretch, just notice when your body starts telling you, okay, this is good. I don't need to go any further. And that's usually where your edge is. Yes. I think that's very important, not just for yoga practitioners, but people in any kind of uh, fitness related class or workout is you want to challenge yourself and you want to, to work, but you don't mm-hmm. want to be in pain. And exactly. I think, and I think that it's important to recognize the difference between pain and discomfort. And I think that sometimes we have a very hard time recognizing the difference between those things. Mm-hmm. Pain for me is a sharp, sharp shooting feeling. Yeah. Discomfort is, wow, this is challenging, but I can keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason and, describes pain as like the pinch, pinch, ow, ow. And I think yeah. that's a good way to put it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we push ourselves over the edge, you know, using that analogy, which is when we tend to hurt ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we hurt ourselves, sometimes that means we can't practice because we have to then recover. So you want to make sure to uh, to treat your body well. In terms of this question, I think that it, personally, I don't feel comfortable answering it because it's out of my scope. But from my knowledge of what I know, I do feel comfortable saying, if you're going to what you you perceive as your end range, or just like, ooh, that feels really good, but then the next day it hurts, whatever you perceived as your end range the day prior, do 20% less than that, and then see how it feels. So even if you don't feel like you're getting the biggest, biggest stretch, can you maybe tone it down a little bit and then see if that affects your pain level the next day? You're like, okay, maybe I didn't go as far, uh, even though I could have gone further, but my body doesn't hurt now. Yeah. And what I'm, what you just made me think of is I'm wondering now, um, what her activity level was before doing this, because are you going into your deepest thing like right away? Are you warming up? Like how much mm-hmm. preparation? So there's so many things that, that we don't know, but one thing I want to also say is she is getting some feedback. She said it feels good in the moment. And she did say she's naturally flexible. So I, I would really encourage you to like tune in and really listen to that feedback. Like what about it feels good? Mm-hmm. like, is there you know, a spectrum of other feelings you feel before that, you know, hundred percent point that you can, can you scale back at the 80%, like Bradshaw was saying? Um, yeah. And I, I agree with Bradshaw. It's really outside of our scope to say anything more than that, but if you're not getting any feedback at all, it's definitely something to look into. And then one little thing that I don't want to dive too deep on is I know that Um, I have friends who are hypermobile and this is a whole other topic and I'm not throwing it out there as any sort of diagnosis, but a lot of times you may not get the same feedback in a more hypermobile body. So 
that could be something to like look into and explore, but I know it's very hard to actually diagnose and it's, um, it's not just hypermobility in general is not like what we think it is. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you're going to be in the well, deepest I think that we should whatever just, it's, you know, I also think that we should say that hypermobility is not always a bad thing. A lot of people can be hypermobile and it, it, there's no issues with their body. So I think that sometimes we can use it in a negative way in yoga. It's like, Oh, you're hypermobile. You're hypermobile. And it's like, okay, well, people are hypermobile and they're fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, then there are people who are hypermobile who aren't. So uh, it's not always negative. Uh, a lot not of the times it, it's not. So I think that not it's important. I think that, don't you think that that's often misunderstood? 100% misunderstood. And we could honestly have a whole we'll episode, episode about, about yeah. this, but I just wanted to throw it out there quickly is like, if that's something you've been suspecting for yourself, then to look into that more because you, you can have a huge range of motion in your joints with hypermobility, but your muscles might not be like pliable enough or mm. elastic enough to reach those range of motions, which could actually restrict it. So again, that's my short, short synopsis on that. I would look into that, but also I think Bracha, you were saying this before we started recording is like strength training and the importance of that as well. Oh, of course. Of course. Like I would definitely, for someone like with a, with a, uh, a body flexible like this, body with a yeah. lot of flex. I think everyone should be working on and, and cross training, but, um, I think incorporating some strength training into your just fitness routine will be really beneficial for you. Yes. I also was going to say there's one more thing and that is as a, as any kind of movement practitioner explore. Mm-hmm. So like, see what doesn't work and then try something else and see if that works. And I think that as yoga teachers, that's so much of our job is like troubleshooting yeah, uh, because we don't have the scope and the knowledge to be like, oh, your shoulder's doing this. It's like, okay, well, if your shoulder hurts here, what if you tried this? What if you tried this? So maybe ask your teacher uh, if there's some other things that you can do in the classroom to, to help you out. But that is a really great question. Thank you for Such asking. Such a good question. And there's just, there's, uh, I'm sorry, we maybe didn't give you a definitive answer, but yeah. there's, there's a lot going on there and we'll probably explore that topic in further episodes. So thanks for, thanks for asking yeah. questions. And if you are someone who receives feedback and like this was helpful for you, I just want to say one last thing. So we want to practice, we want to be able to practice yoga daily. So mm-hmm. it's really it's really helpful to not go too far. If you go too far the next day where you're like sore and you can't practice again, like that's, that is also feedback. So mm-hmm. we hope that was helpful for, for both ends of the coin there. Um, there was actually something that I heard one time I was listening to a podcast about fitness and they're like, you know, the person who gives, let's say 70% and works out for 40 minutes a day, but is mm-hmm. able to work out consistently because they're not too sore to then you know, take off two days in a row mm-hmm. that they're actually at the end, at the end, they're actually going to be working out more. Totally. <laughs> right. Funny. Because yeah. like you don't like injure yourself or what, you know, like I think that there is this intensity and, and intensity is not bad. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. good to work out and like, say you're like, you know, lifting weights, you're going for a run, you're out of breath. I think that's really good for us. I just think that some people, including myself can just push themselves to extremes and yeah. then that kind of, it affects their, their workout routine in a negative way. I agree. We can really go on and on, but yeah, that's, that's, it's seems, a, yeah, that seems like a cultural thing. That's probably really common. We just harder, totally. faster, more deep, 
<laughs> all of that. <laughs> and also everyone listening, don't forget that you can submit questions. So anything yes. related to yoga, please submit questions. We'd love to hear from you. We love to connect with all of you and we hope you're having a wonderful week so far and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe with those five-star reviews. We love you. We appreciate you. And until next month where we answer your questions again. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye, bye. Bye.